every business is built on its human resources, right? I mean, no matter how uh, how much investment you may make in artificial intelligence, equipment, uh, premises, whatever marketing strategy you may you may adopt, it's ultimately your people, right? But those humans have experienced unprecedented change since 2020. And with them, the company they work for, there's been a massive shift uh, from 2020 till now, in, especially, uh, in, in, of course, I'm referring to the COVID years, wherein different types of uh, employment emerged that didn't exist before. People became used to working from home, working with more flexibility. Many employers are paying more, uh, paying more. I mean, increasing benefits and adding flexibility to a once, one may say, very rigid scheduling uh, system to attract and to retain the best talent. I mean, maybe there's somebody who wants a three-day work week, but you need that particular talent, you're going to cut him a deal. Somebody who wants to travel more and would like the freedom of working away from their desk because of their personal, uh, uh, you know, hobbies or arrangements. All these type of uh, arrangements are being rooted in the, in the workplace in order to retain the best talent. To achieve growth, companies should focus on building the employees themselves so that in turn they can grow the business. This leads us to adult learning and, and continuous learning, as it is referred to in some parts of, parts of the world, where people continue to upskill, continue to achieve uh, more skills and, and more education by way of, you know, of them being seniors in the workplace and continue to learn new skills that are required. Joining me this uh, morning is uh, Khalil Patel. Khalil has a background in adult learning and development, having previously worked as a training facilitator and a skills development manager over a period of uh, 15 years. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, brother Khalil Patel. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good to be with you this morning. And Jazakallah Khalil for joining us, Khalil. Khalil, tell us more about adult education, further skilling, upskilling, learning more uh, as an adult in, in the business world, especially in the in the context of the world that we are living in today. Sure. So, adult education is is a critical part of business functioning and business continuity from the perspective that. Um, you know, new employees, first-time workers um, who might graduate from a college or school or whatever the case might be, would enter into a career with, 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 with you know, very minimal practical workplace experience. Um, and while that may be sufficient for them at the entry point of their career, as things change, as processes change, as technologies evolve and develop, it's imperative that employees are able to stay up to date with those developments and changes uh, and also to strengthen their skills uh, along the way as well. So with adult education, it's ensuring that the workforce is, has com- competence and the capability to do the job that's required of them. And this could be from a compliance type of perspective, ensuring that they're up to date with relevant legislation, policies and so forth that, that they need to be aware of in order to function effectively um, and in a way which does not expose the business to risk. It could also include training on new technologies and changes as the landscape evolves. Um, and of course, there's also training for career growth because um, none of us wants to sort of you know, enter into a position or very few of us would be comfortable uh, joining a position and, and just remaining there for the entirety of our career. We all want to experience some form of growth 
um, and and adult learning is 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 really the cornerstone or foundation of this sort of uh, career development. Because again, the skills that you would obtain at university would only help you get in the front door. They're not really going to help you grow into more senior positions or positions of responsibility and accountability within the organization. Khalil, you know, when you, you talk to uh, business owners and those uh, in the corporate, I'm sure this conversation would have been very relevant 15, 20 years ago when they would understand, um, you know, physical investment inside the company itself, upgrading of equipment, purchasing of, of a plant or machinery, and they would see something physical which is counted against their books as, a, as an asset. But, uh, you know, do you see this, this paradigm shift? that they also are considering it as an important investment to invest in education because much of that adult education might have to be footed or built by the employer themselves. Though there may be some contributions by, you know, by, by the worker which they may be expected to make, but quite often uh, it would either be at the time or study leave or even at the actual tuition fee that is being paid by, by, by the corporate themselves. But, but have you seen the, the, this change that is something universal that, that they now recognize the necessity of investing in adult education even though they may not be benefactors for forever? That, that this worker may move on after a few years but it serves as some sort of benefit to them. I think the most costly thing that an organization can do, uh, the biggest theme of things is not investing in their employees because having employees who are unskilled or not sufficiently skilled um, can often be more costly from a risk perspective um, than it is for an organization who would invest in their employees, but ensure at the same time that their employees have the necessary skills they need to not only maintain operational efficiencies, but also improve business efficiencies, which would make ultimately make the business more profit, profitable. So I think there has been the shift um, in, in, in the world of work in the corporate sector and in other areas where there's this realization that having the best people in the job and people with the right skill doesn't, you know, while it comes at a cost, if the employer is footing the bill, as it were, at the same time, the return on investment is far higher. And in fact, um, in organizations, the, the value of training is calculated against the return on investment. So if we spend 100 rand training, we expect that that employee's productivity should increase um, the bottom line by more than 100 rand. So we would want to see an increase of 110 rand or 150 rand for every 100 rand we invest in an employee uh, and in their development. So there is a very solid business rationale or business case in terms of why employers do pay for for um, educational uh, the educational growth of their employees because there's a very direct correlation to um, the skills level, skill levels of the employees, the reduction of risk and increase and the increase of productivity within the organization. And so while it is important that employees themselves should have the predisposition and the desire to um, upskill themselves and should be willing to invest in themselves in order to grow, because ultimately they to grow, hopefully, inshallah, they'll be able to secure greater job opportunities, which comes with higher income earning potential. But simultaneously, um, business has realized that there is a direct correlation between how much they invest in training and ultimately how much they receive. 
And then more interestingly, in a country like South Africa, where we've got very strong legislation, which governs um, learning and development or adult learning and development within the workspace, um, employers additionally benefit from the perspective that government does incentivize the development of your workforce. Um, Companies are able to access uh, mandatory and depression grants from um, their relevant uh, CETA or sector education and training authority. Um, I'm sure most of us are familiar with the line on our pay slips, uh, which, you know, which, which talks about deductions. And one of those deductions obviously being our, our, our um, tax deduction, our income tax deduction pays you earn, a percentage of our taxes goes to the skills development levy um, collected by SARS and then handed over to relevant CETAs or sector education and training authorities. And those CETAs then in turn disperse funds to employers and companies um, who are able to meet certain criteria in terms of their reporting of development of, of uh, their employees and their workforce. So there is an attractive incentive from that perspective again for companies to invest in their employees and there's additional tax breaks that em- uh, employers are also eligible for um, by demonstrating the amount of spend they have um, invested in upskilling their workforce. Salil, finally, to conclude our discussion this morning, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a company, of course, you get different types of, of companies and corporates. You get small operations where one person may be your HR, it may be your marketing. Every, uh, you know, there, there's multiple departments rolled into, uh, into a small team. But these days, you, you have middle to larger uh, you know, companies and where they have a dedicated HR team uh, available. Does adult learning and a continuation of upskilling, would it fall under the, the HR department? That it's a job of HR to continue to identify programs that uh, and bring it to management and the board's attention that these are programs that would be beneficial to us or our industry and then maybe couple with accounting at the same time to see what type of financial benefits, uh, government or otherwise, we may gain from, uh, you know, upskilling our, uh, our employers. So in a, in, a, in a small organization where you don't have a dedicated learning and development or training department, yes, your HR unit would, uh, you know, be accountable at a, at a macro level for the learning and development within that organization. Um, they should ensure that there are mechanisms in place for training of staff um, and the continuous development of staff. However, ultimately, the, the final onus really lies on both the employer, I'm sorry, the employee as an individual and their respective supervisors or line managers um, who should be identifying the specific learning interventions that um, individual employees require in order to excel at their job and to grow within their careers and then to communicate those to HR who should have the mechanisms in place to ensure that that employees are able to receive the training um, and development that they So it's a, it's really a, you know, a cross-functional um, a, a dynamic in which individuals, their management teams, as well as HR need to, to all come to the table and work together in a concerted effort to ensure that employees are skilled. 
Khalil Patel. Shukran, Jazakallah Khalil for joining us. A very Islam uh, international interesting topic indeed for those in the workforce and those looking to upskill themselves and those who are working around them. And uh, we thank you and Jazakallah Khalil for your time and for educating us on this important matter. My pleasure, Jazakallah, for having me and have a wonderful rest of the day. And Jumma Mubarak. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That was Khalil Patel. He's a volunteer board member at uh, Constellation and a senior advisor on adult education and how to change business in that particular regard.